secret technology during the age of the Messiah. You know, what's really interesting is we might expect the world to produce or provide a lot of technology, and you might expect God to be old school and only have carts and wagons or something, but... <coughs> God made all things. So, uh, one of the interesting things about technology is that, uh, in a way, you, we might say every problem can be solved and maybe everything is possible. So when we consider technology in the future, during the age of the Messiah, I call it three phases. There might be an increase. Uh, God promised a lot of land to Israel, a lot more than they ever possessed, from the river of Egypt all the way to uh, a river in Asia. And um, it's a lot of land. It includes all of Saudi Arabia and other places. Israel never possessed it. And God promised they'd have it. So when Abraham's back in Israel, and he'll be there soon, uh, God will probably fulfill his promise in Abraham's lifetime. And Israel will probably possess all the land, or at least uh, Abraham will. He promised the land to Abraham, not Israel. He told Israel to possess a tiny portion near the what you call the Gaza Strip in Jordan. But he promised Abraham everything from uh, the river of Egypt all the way to a uh, river in Asia. So if Abraham possesses all that land and men and women live there, they'll need to be able to um, live in the land. And some of it's very far away, thousands of miles away from the temple. But according to um, God's word, men need to go to the temple three times per year minimum. Well, if they did this on a horse and they traveled 3,000 miles, it might take them 100 days to get there, 100 days to go back. That means they could never live far away from the temple. They could never live in the land. So horses aren't enough. Old technology is not enough. And motor vehicles aren't enough. Maybe an airplane might get in there if they're traveling 3,000 miles. But airplanes are kind of trash technology, and we all know it. They're overly expensive. They're underly reliable. They're extremely dangerous. And... Um, we don't just pay for airplane rides with the money we pay. We pay with taxes. The airplanes, um, airport, airplane companies, they, uh, uh, they're funded by uh, the government through um, government programs. So in the United States, for instance, they, uh, they pay the airports money just to not go bankrupt. Otherwise, the airplane companies would go bankrupt. So there has to be new travel technology. And men and women have to not only bring themselves... Um, they don't have to, but men have to bring themselves. Women, it's optional if they go to the temple. If they want to offer a sacrifice or pray or be where God is. They might decide to bring a lamb or a goat to offer a sacrifice. Or uh, to give to um, the tribe of Levi. It's required that at least once per year, probably more, every, um, every man gives something to the tribe of Levi. That's how the tribe of Levi gets food. Levi works at the temple. They don't have to grow food or anything like that. So uh, the other 11 tribes bring them food. Well, if men that live um, in the greater possession of land, which from the river of Egypt, the Nile, all the way to a river in Asia, they'll need to bring food at least once per year, lambs, goats, if they go to the temple with sacrifices, offer sacrifice, and men have to go three times per year. So there will have to be technology. Now, what I'm hoping is there will be uh, fast travel technology, like a giant Airbus that goes above the ground, but no, not a helicopter, not an airplane, but like think about it like a spaceship technology. But I want to make it so it can't leave the earth. I want it to be really rudimentary technology, but fast as fuck. Like, 
an Airbus that goes 5,000 miles an hour. It just goes up, takes you to Jerusalem, drops you off, and you can ride a horse to the temple. And uh, another thing is if they live in those faraway places, they might not want to stay there. What if they want to come back to Israel occasionally or go to other areas? They might get stuck. So there needs to be technology where they can travel. I want to go with Airbus technology where there's bus drivers because I don't trust men and women to have this technology. They might wreck it. I want the drivers to be professional and skilled. So skilled that they don't need to be any uh, air traffic control towers. People can just pay attention. To uh, where they're going. And get there safely every time. The, uh, that's technology um, that doesn't exist. No one has hover technology to hover above the ground. And when we think of hovering, we think of fans and shit. But um, other worlds will invent it. So how do we get this technology? Well, one of the reasons why there's no technology in the world is because they haven't considered world peace. If everyone has everything that they need, food, water, clothes, and shelter, then what do they care about next? Blankets, beds, more clothes, hats and shoes. And if everyone has all of those things, food, water, clothes, and shelter, blankets and beds, hats and shoes, then what do they want next? They want work to get more money. They want plates and bowls and cups and spoons and forks and knives. We've got to really think about what's important. You might say men and women in the world have all of those things. Well, what do they want? Money. Why? Because they don't have enough. Anytime somebody doesn't have enough of something that they need, you'll never have world peace and you'll never have high technology. Why, why do I say in America they don't have as much as they need? They work nine hours a day, eight hours a day, man and woman, husband and wife, father and mother. And they owe $175,000 in debt for their house because they paid three and a half thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. And they have uh, two expensive SUVs that were $70,000 each and a cheap truck and their teenagers have uh, two cars. And then they have to build a garage where they can and park on the street and figure out how they can park five vehicles. They have a pickup truck in case they need to haul something around. And then they decide to get an expensive truck. And each of those vehicles, there's another $70,000 truck and two $30,000 cars. And they're in debt for all of it. So what do they do? They work day and night to get money. As long as people are buying things that they don't need, like they do in the United States, and as long as they have to work this much, they'll never, ever, ever, there will never be high technology. We don't have any high technology in the earth that uh, was made by anyone here. Computers and shit like that, I guess you can call that high technology if you want, but cell phones. Why are there motor vehicles? Well, people have to work a lot. They have to get to work. They often have to work one or two hours of driving every day. Sometimes they drive more than that. They have to drive to the supermarket, which is 30 miles away, to get food. They might go even farther if they go to a cheap supermarket. So as long as people don't have everything that they need, there won't be anyone to make high technology. And it's not just because they are busy uh, working, but it's also because they don't care about knowledge and wisdom. When men and women do research in the earth, they don't really care about, is it wise? Is it good? 
And then they also don't have strong understanding about it. They really don't understand anything. Like when an astronomer looks at stars, he doesn't really understand that he's just looking at light from a star. You can't really know exactly how far away a star is by that. They're just guessing. But they act like it's a really serious science because they do a lot of math. But despite all their math, what are they doing? They're looking through a telescope. They don't know how far away a star is from that. They keep recalculating where the star is. They can't figure it out. What about motor vehicles? They keep adding things to motor vehicles to make them better, but most of what they do that people like is that they make them feel more comfortable to ride in. There's music in there and it seems safer. And maybe it looks nice. A lot of the other shit, nobody cares if it's carburetor controlled or fuel injected. That's like almost no difference, but a huge increase in cost when you go to fuel injection. They keep adding exhaust control systems. Why are they doing that? Because people drive a lot. And to add extra costs to the vehicle. So the car companies can act like they're doing something new. So as long as people don't have what they need, there won't be high technology. And as long as uh, no one considers world peace, people will never have what they need. You know, in America, they might say, well, we got enough food. We don't give a fuck about the other nations. Well, as long as that happens, what are they doing? They're buying from other nations at a low price so they can greedily uh, have it here in the United States, buying food from South America and other nations at a low price. Technology, electronics at a low price from China and letting them live in misery. But what do they do in the United States when they have the technology? Work eight hours and sit on their fat ass on the couch. They don't care about world peace. They don't give a fuck about anyone else. They just want to watch football on Monday night. They sit on their fat ass. They're not interested in technology in the future or research. They're not interested in knowledge or wisdom. If they had extra time and interest, they would go learn things. But not just learning from school. No matter how many college classes you take, you'll never invent some new technology because of it. It's not how technology invention works. If you ask anyone that's done a lot of inventing, if anyone who's had some success, they'll tell you college has almost nothing to do with it. You might need to know some math. And this is for low technology. I mean, what's the highest technology that you look forward to in the Earth right now? Probably a Tesla rocket going to Mars for no reason. It's cool. And he might figure some things out. And maybe they figured it a lot out. Technology takes work. Someone has to do it. But if they don't care about world peace, they're, they're never going to have technology. A man in the earth might say in America, well, we got everything we need here. We got plenty to eat. It's not true. 25% of uh, the children in a lot of cities in the United States live in destitute poverty. There are a lot of cities in the United States, a lot of them, big cities, where many of the children and the, um, the adults live in destitute poverty. And they might say, well, they're children. They're not doing research. So let them starve. Well, if the children starve, they're not going to learn anything because what's their first priority? Food. Not knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Not scientific research. And when that child gets older, what's he going to care about? Making sure there's enough food. What's he going to end up doing? Going into debt and then working like a slave. 
So during the age of the Messiah, what needs to change is there needs to be one place in the world where there is peace. So you might think that world peace will all happen simultaneously, but that's not true. There has to be a place in the earth where there is peace. If there's no peace, there can't be knowledge, wisdom, or understanding, unless there's some rebel motherfucker that does this in secret. Because other men and women, as odd as it sounds, be wanting to become envious of him. They might try to control him. And he might not succeed. But there's more. Um, they need to have everything that they need. An overabundance of food. Water, clothes, shelter, food has to be there. Blankets, bowls. They need a way to cook food that doesn't take nine hours. And so if they're making food the old school way and there's a woman baking bread four hours every day, then she doesn't need to go also work another 10-hour job while she's baking bread and raising children. It can't be done. She can't produce technology. Maybe this is why a lot of men and women think that women are not as intelligent as men because they're busy. And they don't have five minutes to do scientific research. So in um, Israel, during the age of the Messiah, what I'd like to do is just give them technology, but I probably won't. What I hope to do in uh, phase one, phase two, and maybe even phase three is um, make sure first that there's everything that they need in at least one city, two cities, 10 cities, 100 cities, 1,000 cities. Food, water, clothing, shelter, blankets, beds, houses, because a shelter isn't always a house, or at least a high-quality shelter, If it's, even if they want to live in um, a tent or a mud hut. They can. Someone can live in a mud hut and be highly skilled at mathematics, astronomy, engineering and design, architecture. They just like to live in a, a simple house because then they can spend the rest of their free time doing something besides working for money. It's a clever idea to live as if you're a poor person and then go get money because then you can save that money. It's also more clever to live as a poor person and then go and get knowledge and wisdom. So they can live how they choose, but they need to have everything that they need. And then they need to have free time and access uh, to minimal uh, options. What does that mean? They need paper and pencils or pens. They need access to knowledge. So in order to have technology that's new, we need to have a proper understanding of the technology in the earth. I want to create a technology uh, status update thing. I'm going to call it a tech tree, which I learned it from a video game a long time ago. And I haven't done it yet, but I want to pay men and women to do research and uh, discovery. And so they'll look at every possible thing and so the first thing we might look at is everything that existed in the past and everything that exists now. This doesn't have to take a thousand years, but can they just look at houses? What are houses? Roofs and walls. When do you ultimately decide? Pitched roof or flat roof? I'll give you an example. In the past, they had flat roofs that did not leak. But if you build a house now, they tell you it has to be a pitched roof, like a triangle. Otherwise, they say water will get in and it will leak. Why is that? They now make roofs that are low quality. Which, which is better, a high quality roof that's flat or a low quality roof that's pitched? 
Men and women know that roof repairs are some of the most expensive repairs in their house. They stress out about it every day when it rains. So we'll look at roof design. We'll look at travel. We'll look at everything. We'll look at what are the functional components of a wall? And why did it, why did it in the United States did they go with stucco, sheetrock, drywall, and fiberglass insulation instead of wood? They say it's because it's less expensive and more effective than wood. That might be partly true, but what if there were tree farms in every city with huge groves of trees where they could uh, cut the trees down and have lumber at an affordable price because they're getting it from two miles away. It might be more affordable, longer lasting, more durable. It might look better. It might even be easier to clean than stucco where people spray toxic chemicals on the wall and hose it off all the time and the walls never get clean. So stucco appears to, appears to look nice, but it doesn't last that long. A wood house might, live three, might last 300 years. There are a lot of adobe style houses. There are different styles. So we're gonna look at that technology. Now you might say, that's not high technology. Yeah, but I wanna do a technology tree based on the level of success. It could be that trees are always the superior technology for building houses. And so what they're gonna look at is what what goes bad on the house first and make it better? So the whole house might last 300 or 1,000 years. I want, to, I want them to be able to make wooden houses that last 1,000 years. It can be done. And so I want to look at the technology and be like level one, level two, level three. Where are we at with space travel? We're close to level zero. Going to the moon rarely and everyone who goes there dies and it costs $4 billion. That's pretty much not even level zero. That's just a huge fucking waste. The knowledge that we have about going there in the earth is inferior. So I'd like to just tell them how to build spaceships. In fact, I'd like to just build some myself because I know how. And then they could just travel to other worlds. But I think I'm going to wait for that and see if other men and women can figure it out. Simple space travel technology. A, a spaceship has something like 100 billion parts on it or something. That's way too complicated. We could probably go to we could probably go to the moon or Mars with 40 parts. So here's how we get to uh, technology. If you have an overabundance of everything you need. So if you look at your house and your life and you only have what you need, but think of it in a new way. Appliances need to be replaced. So what do you do? You buy two coffee makers because you know one's going to break. But imagine you have a coffee maker that will last you 100 years or more, and you know it will last. They always last more than 100 years. You only buy one. So you start to look at your house, everything you need, and then everything you want. Why do you even go to work after that? See, no one will pay you to go grow food after that, or they'll pay you a low wage because you have now there's too much food in the, in the nation. So once we get to where there's an overabundance of food, people still grow it, but then we start to do other work. We start to make sure there's plenty of coffee makers or whatever people want. What's after that? Eventually, the only thing left to make once they have food and blankets and beds and houses that last a thousand years is stuff that's cool as fuck. Like a, um, 
like a moped type scooter that's powered with proton technology and it's a proton scooter it doesn't have wheels and it goes over the ground and the ride is smooth as fuck and you can have something cool or space travel technology or a hoverboard and shoes like in back to the future movie then we can have stuff that's cool but we have to have everything we need always first always having shoes that are self-lacing those are worthless if you don't have enough food you'll sell all your shoes to get one meal if you're hungry enough so we have to have food first. Now in Israel, they can't worship false gods or God will give them a famine. There's nothing we can do to stop that. But if they don't worship false gods, if they do all the gods commanded, they do everything right in God's eyes, the sky's the limit. I mean, there's no limit that I know of. So once they have that, then, and we have a, like a technology tree, we might say, okay, houses in the United States are level minus seven. They're expensive, they don't last, People don't really like them. They're extremely toxic. Most new houses are so toxic that when they build the house, they, they're supposed to tell you, you can't have babies or toddlers in here for at least two years. It's better to have no one in there, especially children, especially babies, because there's so many toxic chemicals going into the baby's lungs that might actually physically alter their body for the rest of their lives and give them lung diseases like emphysema. And then the doctor will think it's from cigarettes. So in houses in the United States, we might say they're level minus seven. It's not even on the, on the board. A basic wood house or a mud hut might be level one or level five because it, it might last so long. The, it might be so cost effective. Let me explain this. Um, if a wood house lasts a, a thousand years, but it takes, but it costs a lot of money. It costs uh, $75,000 to build it. And it's a really nice house that you like and you love living in and you don't want to change it. Well, a mud hut, if you're going to have to rebuild it every 50 years, if you can make a mud hut that lasts 50 years, you got to rebuild it 200 times. If it only costs you uh, $800 to make it, now you at least have cost savings. That's superior to what they have in the United States. They're expensive houses that don't last. And by the time you pay off your house, it's basically worthless and you can't hardly resell it because um, unless you do a lot of repairs. And now if you bought a house for a quarter million dollars, You've also put in $100,000 in repairs or more over the last 40 years that you've paid on your mortgage or 50 years because you keep taking out a second and a third mortgage. And then you're selling a $350,000 cost and you lose money. They're worthless. You have to work nine hours a day to go into debt to buy the house and to eventually pay it off and then try to give it as an inheritance to your children is probably going to be filled with holes and have problems and the floor and the walls will be crooked and there'll be beams that are breaking and you give them a financial burden not a um, not an inheritance so it has to be better so then we'll look at the higher levels of houses and we'll look at the most cost affordable way to build houses like this if, you, if people want lavish houses and I bet they won't they want excellent houses, ideal houses, houses that are the best. Lavish isn't always the best. Big, made with cheap parts, stucco and drywall and fiberglass is not the best. It's just big. And people know that. Who wants an 8,000 square foot house? Somebody wants to brag about it. It might even be their third house. They don't live there, they don't give a fuck. They probably live in hotels and go to business meetings. Where do they actually live? In a 200 square foot room? 
a room that's 170 square feet, a room that's the size of a small bedroom. That's where they live. They chose to live in a room that's the size of a small bedroom, and then they act like the big ones when they want. So this is why we have problems with technology. People don't understand priorities. So during the age of the Messiah, I'm going to try to uh, make sure that they innovate everything. I don't want to do it myself. I don't have time. But if in Israel I can get 2,000 researchers doing this, there'll be 2,000 researchers that are successful every time. It will always be a success. I'll just walk them through the process of discovery because I've done it a lot. And then there'll be new things that no one ever made over and over again. And it will always be the best in the whole world. So I'd like to say in this podcast that all we have to do is just one thing, like get a beaker and then not, there you go. Or get a gram scale. But if somebody wants to do this, if they want to have the best, or if they want to discover the best things and make the best things, and then have the best things in the whole world, they'll have to come to Israel during the age of the Messiah. And then they'll have to qualify. They can't be some degenerate butt-fucking man or some murderer. Some butt-fucking man like they do in San Francisco where they just parade around naked all day. That's not research and discovery. That's not wisdom. They have to join the covenant of God. We'll tell them how to do all that. That's easy. They don't even have to learn how to do that. We'll tell them when they get there. It takes about two hours. And, they, and if they murder someone, the murderer will die that day. So there'll be no murderers, no rapists, no human trafficking, no child trafficking, no idolatry, no butt-fucking men, no witchcraft, no sorcery, no nothing bad like that. Those are all bad things. Witchcraft is when you try to uh, kill a spirit, steal their soul, shit like that. Someone who lived in the earth and died. Or even if you try to do it while they're alive, it's bad. So in Israel, there won't be bad things as much. There'll be a lot of theft, hopefully, things like that. And there'll be a lot more good things. And then there'll be science and technology in Israel. The things that have never existed in the whole world from the beginning. But there's more. Once we have a, a solid understanding of like basic uh, levels, like once we have level 10 houses, and level 10 fields of, for food. And money just comes easily. You work all day, you get paid every day. Everyone in, in Israel will get paid every single day. It's the law, God's law. No taxes, probably zero taxes. I'll probably have enough money that I can pay uh, a lot of researchers, probably 2,000 researchers to do this full time. I'll also be paying musicians to play music. I want the, the cities to be places where you can hear live music. It's better. Uh, there'll be other technology there uh, for knowledge exchange. I'm calling it the Israel Data Hub. Where they can learn all this stuff if they want to. But you'll have to go to Israel because it'll be the only place in the whole world that I know of where there'll be peace, happiness, joy, jubilee. A place where men know how to grow in knowledge and wisdom and can do it if they want. And they can do it in diverse ways, not just one way. But also, uh, um, if you work, then maybe you can do the other things. And I have a plan. I have a, the whole plan. It's all in my head. I don't even have to write it down. I can do it right now.
And then we might see the other really cool things that we've uh, seen in movies and TV shows in the past. But it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be these giant spaceships that have 400 billion moving parts that need to be replaced continuously and need continual maintenance. It can't be continual maintenance. I don't want in Israel there to be giant crews of people that are doing spaceship maintenance all the time. I just want them to be built and reliable. So that's phase one and phase two, I guess. Phase two, the devil will be in hell. And I don't know if you're a Christian or a Jew or if, if you believe in the God or not, but the reason why angels don't go in the earth, the reason you don't know if they exist or not, is because angels can't be trusted. If angels could be trusted, I think angels would do a lot of stuff in the earth, at least in the future. But they can't be trusted. They're not trustworthy. They're like other men. Angels do wicked and evil things. So they can't come here, I guess. That's what I think. But when Lucifer's in hell, there'll be a lot less problems. I don't know if you know how, how bad the problems are. But at any moment, I think Lucifer can tempt 100 million men simultaneously. He typically tempts them for between 5 and 10 minutes, often less. And then, uh, then he goes on to someone else. What does he tempt them to do? To fuck, go fuck someone. He wants them to go to the bar or something and spend three hours at the bar and then two hours going to someone else's house and fucking them and then going back to their own house and then there's the lies and everything. They're not going to learn science and technology when they're going around fucking each other every, every night in the earth. What does he want them to do? He wants them to go fuck each other in the ass and walk around San Francisco with their clothes off. They're not going to have knowledge and wisdom from doing that. So with, with Lucifer out of the way, it, it might be a little bit easier, but th that's not a big deal to me. I mean, it, it really is in the world, but in Israel it might be a, not as important. We'll find out. I think Lucifer is easily overcome. Maybe I'll do a podcast on that next. But there'll be a thousand years. So between now and Lucifer going to hell, that's about 76 years, I think. 77, maybe. 78 years. I'll have to do the math on that. I forgot. And then um, also, uh, then it'll be another thousand years. In fact, after Lucifer goes to hell, he burns a thousand years. But from that moment he's in hell, there's a lot more time. After Lucifer's loosed from hell, there's still about 5,000 years I'll have to teach them science and technology in the earth. So there'll be huge improvements. So some of it will be really cool. It'll be like rustic looking. Like there's some things I don't want to get rid of. Like imagine going to Tahiti or some foreign island area where there's like big huts that go out on long piers and you can sleep in it like a motel or a hotel. And you can sleep out on the water, on a big hut that has um, posts that go down into the water. That's just cool looking. And it's fun. So I don't want to get rid of things like that. Some people might want to live in rustic houses. I think that's cool. But there might be a lot of other technology. Imagine living in some sort of steampunk science fiction um, utopia where people grow in knowledge and wisdom. They know how to be more holy, more righteous, more perfect, more just. There's no murderers, rapists, child trafficking is gone. Human trafficking is gone. There's less theft, hopefully, by a lot. A lot more happiness and joy, jubilee, peace, happy children, happy men, happy women, happy husbands, happy wives, and spaceships coming and going, giant airbuses that go 5,000 miles an hour carrying livestock to the temple. But it makes sense if somebody wanted to buy a flock of animals, that's where milk comes from, cows, 
That's where wool comes from. Sheep. Lambs. Wool comes from sheep. If somebody wants to buy a flock, they can the Airbus can bring it. On a big Airbus trailer. And so we'll see technology, but a lot of things about life doesn't don't doesn't change. There's still beasts like cows for milk. I'll never make a synthetic milk machine. We won't make synthetic toxic chemicals. In Israel, it'll be, it'll be clean. Uh, it will probably be a zero garbage production nation. So that means no plastic, no paint for this toxic. So we'll have to innovate kinds of paint if they've never been made so that we have long lasting, durable, waterproofing paint that looks nice. And those things take time. So we're gonna start from the ground up. And at first that sounds disappointing for a lot of men and women that want to do things like go to the stars. But it's better this way. 6,000 years of getting technology from the ground up means we might have the highest technology in the whole world by far regarding everything, windows, doors, and houses. Everything will be better. Long-lasting, durable, we'll know how to make it. Appliances, better. Machines like washing machines, hopefully it's things that are significantly better. Toxic chemicals, we're looking for replacements for all of those. We'll have knowledge of actual medicines that work because God made those. He didn't make antidepressant pills to don't work. And so we'll, we'll start from the ground up. And then in 6,000 years, what we can do in that time is significant. And it will be no, notable, noteworthy. And it'll be things that no one has ever done before.